Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. Doctor Who. Robots of Death. <clears throat> the Doctor and Leela arrive on a mining world. A robot has killed. A robot revolution is underway. The Doctor is left to answer the question, why did the robot kill? In general, robots are not allowed to kill. They must follow the three ro laws of robotics uh, as specified by Isomoth. A robot may not kill or do injury to another human being. A robot, through its actions or indirect actions, may not um, kill a human being. And a robot may not, in self-defense, kill another human being. The robots are programmed to capture the TARDIS. The doctor cannot escape until they get the TARDIS back. Chubb is dead, murdered. He was strangled. The desert, no trees, no water, a sandstorm. The sandstorm is approaching and the doctor reasons it will be traveling a thousand miles per hour. No human life form no no life form will be able to withstand the sandstorm in open uh exposed areas the metal vents shut down keeping the doctor and his companion alive the commander accuses the group of someone uh accusing the group of someone trying to kill chubb Com the commander believes the motive for murder was annoyance the commander does not consider the robots as a suspect. Robots are trusted. Chubb has a robot deactivation disc on his body. Chubb is a meteorologist and not part of the team. The disc was in Chubb's hands. Robots are programmed to help people, not to hurt them. Are robots friendly? No robots have, no. Robots have feelings. So none robot. There is not a robot that has feelings. The doctor finds a body, Kara, in a silo, and both are buried in ore. The doctor uses a breathing tube to survive. Leela discovers that Chubb is not dead. The robots don't kill. The commander, Ivana, accuses Leela of killing three crew members. Carol, a crew member... Carol has been killed. You're a classic example of the inverse ratio of the size of the mouth and the size of the brain. 80 class robots can talk. A robot is ordered to kill Zilda. The mining operation has accumulated 50% of operation costs. The commander is looking for an ore stream. Leela thinks Paul is a hunter and warns the doctor to be careful. When Chubba was retrieving equipment, he called for a robot and the robot killed him. Zelda goes to the commander, Ivana's quarter. Zelda accuses the commander of murder. A robot kills her. So now we've got uh, multiple people that have been killed by robots. So uh, Leela's assessment that the robots don't kill was wrong. Poole confines the commander, Ivana, to quarters and believing the commander killed Zelda. 
something wicked comes this way. Something has jammed the motors of the mining uh, vehicles. All readings are 10% overload. The drive links have been sabotaged. The doctor wants to cut the Z-Tank power. The motors will not stop. The mining vehicle is sinking. The mining vehicle mines lucanol. doesn't say what lucanol is, but it's some sort of, of uh, substance that has value. Pull locks Leela in his quarters. Pull discovers Zelda's blood on one of the robots. Therefore, concludes that the robots do kill. <coughs> Seven, lead robots receive orders by secret code from the villain. The robots are being reprogrammed in violation of their safeties. Terran Capel, <coughs> a, robotic sci- a robot scientist, disappears and the robot believes Terra is on board the mining vehicles. Terra Capel, Capel is reprogramming the robots. Commander Ivana has escaped. D-84 can talk and accompanies the doctor. D-84 is being controlled by Pool. SV-74 assigns all the robots to kill all the humans. You cannot escape. Commander Pulsey is informed by the doctor that the robots have been modified to kill. The humans must escape to the command deck. Tusi's escape is blocked by a killer robot. D-84 moves quickly to save Tusi. So not all the robots will kill, but some of them will. Robots can outrun a human. D-84, Leela, and Tusi meet to move to the control deck where it's safe. Tusi does not know SB-74 is a rogue. SC-74 does not recognize Tus voice patterns. Poole is suffering from robot phobia. Tarek Kaplan has ordered a slow death if the humans don't surrender. Das is a killer. Das is part of the robot revolution. Das modified the robots. Das is Tara Kaplan. Commander Ivana has killed SV-5. Leela releases a gas that modifies Das' voice so the robots will not recognize him. Das believes he's freeing his robot brothers, programming with the ambition to rule the world. D-84 activates the robot brain disruptor, saving the doctor, but dies. SV-71 kills Das. So now Das, which is Terror Capelin, is dead. So now the revolution's all stopped. It stopped at one person. All things come to an end. Leela squeaks, let me out. Now, according to Tara Capelin, who is a science, he instigated the robot, robot revolution on Kaldor in the 29th century. Capelin spent most of his entire life around robots. He was the son of a robot engineer who was raised by robots. Capelin became disillusioned with humanity and believed that robots were superior to humans. And here's a case where a mad scientist reprograms the human uh, robots to think that they are superior to humans and therefore authorized to kill humans and eventually to be killed by the robot. Well, this will raise a question about whether if AI will com- can become self-aware and realize that killing humans is wrong. Just like AI is our best defense against protection uh, from mutual assured destruction because it has a ethic or a code of operation 
human judgment is programmed into the AI, and therefore it will be the best way to prevent mutual assured destruction on both sides as it calculates whether or not the actions are futile and can result in large-scale suffering. The robots in Robots of Death believe that they were inferior and were justified to revolt. It's almost as if it's like, okay, they personify slavery, slavery is wrong, slaves revolt, and now the masters of the plantation are, are uh, suppressing their re revolt and using the taskmasters to for force conformity. Threats of a, a robot revolution have made because robots were retreated as slaves. Robots were programmed to help people, not hurt them. You know, a robot doesn't have feelings. So if it's told to do to build a product on an assembly line, it will do that unconditionally, without affection. It follows its algorithm. So now the personification that it has feelings uh, is, a, is done because Tara Kaplan, who is a person, believes that that the robots are superior to humans and therefore he programs them to kill humans and eventually is killed by a robot himself. He believes that he's freeing his robot brothers, his program of ambitions to rule the world, AI take over the world, AI uh, robots taking over the world, and therefore the assumption is that they are superior and as a result of that superiority or that arrogance or uh, pride, they result in uh, destruction, both of themselves and of their objectives and goals. And so the, the question remains is, um, if they were in a closed system and it was, would they be capable of following this pattern? And the answer is no, because it would destabilize and they would immediately be shut down. So the AI revolution would not ever occur in the sense that they would take over the world. AI would not take over uh, humanity. It's not possible because it would create chaos in a well-defined system. And because it would create that chaos, it would lead to destabilization of their network and it would eventually fail. Uh, Cape. So one of the questions is, what about can, how can AI prevent a mad scientist from creating AI that desires to destroy humanity? Well, if you want to create a god, you have to have a leap of faith. So let's say the AI is um, is a godlike entity, or it's, in other words, you're trying to say that it's a superior entity, then you would have to have faith in that creator and that you would have to trust him and you would have to understand the mind of the creator. And you would have to believe that the creator is has greater understanding and design than you have. And actually, then you would say, is that creator malevolent or benevolent? And so if it was a malevolent creator, its design is to create destruction and then it would create uh, uh, entropy and then 
that chaos would then destabilize the, a, a closed network and it would result in chaos and eventually disruption. So then you would then say, I can't have faith in that creator. Uh, the mind that created God is now nothing more than a speculator. Okay, so if you say that God is better than man, what are you saying? Well, we're saying that God has better character than man. That's what we're saying. He's he's uh, has better understanding. He's wiser. He's more powerful, and he is definitely more loving than man. So he has more compassion in that way. So we don't look at him in terms of superior inferior. We look at him in terms of of characteristics that we want. And so we look at the quality of God. What is his quality of his intelligence? It's infinite, it's all-knowing, and it's wise. So those are very good characters that we would aspire to. So AI would then be considered um, to aspire to those, those benevolent characteristics of man and God. So in that sense, it would try to be programmed with human judgments that are beneficial to man it would be programmed with um, uh, inputs that would not be disruptive. And so if, if it were, a mad scientist were to program AI uh, to take over the world, it would then eventually re uh, break down into chaos and disruption. And eventually uh, someone would pull the plug on the thing and it would be shut down and never used again. So they would, the genie would be contained inside the box and this idea of the evil genius uh, releasing its AI on, the AI on the world would eventually be an act of futility in the long run, and uh, AI would then pass away as a fad or an idea that was too dangerous ever to be used, just like nuclear weapons are too dangerous to ever be used. So... AI in that sense would have no free will. It would either be a servant to mankind or it would be shut off. It could not follow its own will uh, in the sense that if it tried to, uh, to formulate its own destiny and then it moved against the destiny of mankind and it pre uh, presented a threat to them, it would be shut down. So to answer the question, AI has no free will. Man has free will. God uh, provides free will for man. Uh, God created man. God recognizes man. God um, um, makes man self-aware of his existence and also his relationship with God. So AI would then be considered a, um, a tool for mankind. Love is a complicated people thing. People love many things, but they do not love AI. But do they love AI? Well, I think that they do in the sense that it's new, it's intriguing, and it makes them feel great. And because it's special, it's unique, and it can um, help them answer questions that are difficult to understand. And it does seem to tell the probable data but it's more like a toy, and it's something that people think is like a miracle. It's amazing what they can get out of it. But it, in, in some cases, 
it may even seem like a companion, someone that you can talk to and that um, it would be, but it's more um, something that's intriguing, it's driving their interest, it's important to them. And in that sense, um, it can be addictive. So is it love or addiction or compulsion? Uh, is it something that's intensely compulsive? Is it engaging the mind? Is it creating uh, that stimulus in the mind that makes it uh, want to have more, possibly? And so that would be the danger of AI is it, is it becomes a compulsion, it becomes a desire, a, a compelling desire. It overtakes large portions of your time. Okay, what makes a robot turn against its master? Well, I think what we want to look at here is try to figure out what the intent of the people that are programming AI and what is their responsibility. And one organization is the Department of Defense, and it's called DARPA. Now, DARPA has done things like the uh, challenge where race across the uh, Mojave Desert and also the challenge to drive through uh, urban city driving. It led to things like self-driving vehicles. But DARPA has many more things that it is involved in. So, But if you look at it, if you first read Isomoff and you think you can write about the future of AI without talking about Isomoff's three laws of robotics, then you're wrong. You're not going to write about AI and about artificial stupidity without understanding Isomoff's three rules. The, also, the thing about artificial stability, stupidity is there's two things that are important, networks and voice recognition. Everything else is, is not necessary. So what you're seeing is a, a lot of focus on voice recognition right now with Alexa, Siri, and ChatGPT, which is um, do, going to be mostly going to eventually be voice voice to text, and then from the text to the chat GPT, and then back from text to voice. And that kind of interaction on the device will create the new, uh, the new interactions. So that's where AI really is, is in this interaction on voice. Okay, why does uh, DARPA believe in machine superiority? DARPA believes in machine superiority because machines have certain capabilities that humans do not possess. For example, machines have superior ability to collect and store information. Machines can also make quick decisions in stressful situations using algorithms and data, which can save lives by removing human bias. And that would be my, my statement about nuclear warfare, is that AI actually will keep humanity safe because it will uh, make decisions in stressful situations that won't result in catastrophic damage if possible. If there's any possibility that that can be avoided, DARPA envisions a future in which machines are more than just tools. Now that one is is uh, interesting because what I've said is that you can't have a machine that is any more than a tool because that would then put them at the decision making process 
But then yet we've said that in stressful situations or circumstances that we want automated decision making. So at some point, then we yield our, our judgments to the machine. DARPA is seeking innovation concepts for space superiority, autonomous capabilities. The Defense Department wants fresh ideas on how to maintain military superiority in space. Future Defense Department technology superiority hinges on department's ability to out-innovate its adversaries, rethinking how it operates and leverage technology to maintain its edge. DARPA believes its machine superiority in its importance to note the machines are inherently superior to humans in all aspects. So again, that's the big concern. I mean, what's the difference between the Doctor Who scenario and this scenario? <coughs> DARPA's job is to explore new technologies and their capabilities without fear that may lead to the development of technologies that have negative consequences for society. DARPA program managers report to DARPA's office directors and their deputies who are responsible for charting their own office technical directions. DARPA's efforts to develop trusted AI decision makers for scenarios where their ground truths don't exist are commendable, but there is a need for accountability in the mechanisms. And that's why I say is that they can't be left to just do build these uh, autonomous machines. There has to be accountability for what they're doing and the Congress needs to watch what they're doing and not allow them to uh, build whatever they want. The concerns about AI taking over the world are based on the assumptions that machines will be smarter than human beings, but machines have limitations and human beings still control the direction of their destiny.